What's up, everybody? This is Fred Ricciani of TSC News, right here on the Manhattan Neighborhood Network, MNN2, streaming live on MNN.org, also available on demand on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. We are here to recap all the latest in combat sports, mixed martial arts, and professional wrestling, as well as a little bit of everything in between. If you don't know me, of course, my name is Fred. I am the host and editor of the TSC News YouTube channel, a.k.a. The Sports Courier, youtube.com slash The Sports Courier, as well as youtube.com slash TSC Gaming. And every week, right here on MNN, we're going to be recapping the latest and greatest stories going on in the industry, as well as uncovering some athletes you may know or may not know. And with WrestleMania 33 just a couple weeks away, right around the corner, we're going to take a look back at some of our most memorable moments involving some of the biggest, wackiest stars in all of professional wrestling. Let's not waste any time. Right now, we have a clip from our phenomenal interview, pun intended, with a man who has held the TNA Impact Wrestling World title, the NWA World title, the New Japan Pro Wrestling IWGP Heavyweight title, as well as the WWE Championship. He's also the self-proclaimed champ that runs the camp. I'm talking about the phenomenal AJ Styles. You are one of the best wrestlers in the world, have been for the last decade, but is there trouble adjusting sometimes even now when you go to another country and wrestle a different style, such as Mexico and Japan? Well, I think that that's the great thing about TNA is that, you know, you had a, a lot of guys from different countries. And so, the, you know, so many styles were, you know, so different. But you got to be able to adapt to wrestle some of these guys. And I feel like that's one of my strong points is that I'm able to adapt no matter where we go. Yeah, and you were able to adapt this last year. It's been kind of a crazy year. Fans didn't know whether to boo you, whether to cheer you. Some people thought you were on Aces and Eights side. Some people thought you were on the Main Event Mafia side. You ended up being you know, only on the Phenomenal One side. And you recently, of course, won the TNA World Heavyweight Championship again against Bully Ray at Bound for Glory. What's this last year been like for you? Uh, it's, it's been weird. I think weird not only for me, and uh, but for everybody. Like you said, they didn't know whether to cheer me or to boo me. But uh, the, the one thing is just... Uh, you know, you just go through some strange times, and you got to figure out who you are. And it took some took some time, but I figured out that, you know, I'm the man I, that is the world heavyweight champion. That's who I need to be. I need to act like it. I need to go after it. And I need to pursue it. And, you know, it was just a battle just to figure out who I was. And, and I think everybody's been there before. And I don't blame the fans. It was never anything against the fans. It was it was all me and, and what was really, you know, making me mad and pissing me off. And it was the, the way that things are are run or ran at uh, TNA. There's just some a lot of stuff that, you know, I didn't agree with in the beginning and don't agree with now. And, and that leads me to where I am now, you know, taking the TNA World Heavyweight title, my title, my, you know, Dixie liked to think it's hers, but she didn't win it. She just bought the thing. But I want it, so I'm claiming it as my own. And uh, going in and defending it the way it should be. A lot of people don't realize that you were actually there in WCW in the dying days. You know, a little-known tag team called Air Raid with Air Paris made a few WCW appearances. Were you there at the end? I was. I mean, I wasn't there at the end show. Uh, I wasn't there for that. But I did wrestle at the end. I have a, a grand total of probably about five matches under contract with WCW and you know, uh, 
I didn't know what was going on. All I knew was that I was wrestling for WCW and I was happy, but I did see a lot of guys taking pictures with the crew and some of that. And so I kind of knew something was up. Like this may be the last WCW um, that I'll be on. And, and, it, and it was. Yeah, it was about a year, year and a half before TNA started. And of course, you became the face of TNA for years to come. When WCW died, and you couldn't come to terms with WWE, and then you saw what they did with WCW, which was really not much. Was a young guy like you deflated at all because of the fact that all of a sudden ECW's gone? WCW, where you think you're finally going to get your big break after all your hard work, is gone. You know, Japan wasn't the same. What was your mindset at the time prior to TNA forming? Well, um, I was going to make I was going to make a life out of wrestling for me. I was going to find a way to make this my job. And if it had, you know, if it was going to Japan for a couple of years and perfecting my craft, then that's what I was going to do. Nobody could tell me any different that I was going to, you know, make it in professional wrestling. Um, so I was going to find a way to make it. And it, I mean, yeah, it sucks that ECW and WCW were gone, but you know, if you want to. If you want to wrestle, you know, you, you got to get out there and bust your butt and make a living, you know, and, uh, and sacrifice a lot. And I was willing to do that. But luckily, um, TNA started up. Yeah. And you're a guy that developed on the indies along with a guy like you know, Samoa Joe, Austin Aries, Chris Saban, all the great wrestlers under the Impact Wrestling banner. But unfortunately, there's some people in power these days and numerous companies that think that certain guys, just because they're bread in this place or that place, you know, don't really know how to work. You've been on the independent scene last couple of weeks. Now that you're the TNA world champion, you've been around the world. Is it safe to say that there's still a high talent level out there? There's still a talent level. Absolutely. I do think that things will change when you get to uh, the next level. You, it has to change. There's a different way of wrestling and, you know, there's an independent way. And then there's a, you know, another level, you know, and, um, you got to learn it. It, it is a, a if I went back, um, I think years ago and watched one of my matches, which I thought was perfect. It was great. I'd be disappointed in that match. Now, um, stuff changes, you know, you realize how to work smarter and, and, uh, you know, really tell the story that needs to be told rather than going out there and do senseless bumps without meaning. How's your body feeling these days? Cause you've, Taking some crazy bumps in the past. You know, um, it's not so bad. I I do take a lot of crazy bumps, but you know, at this point in my career, they're going to mean something when I take them. And you know, I don't heal as fast as I used to. It's going to take me a couple more days uh, longer than it used to. But you know, I can I can still do it, man. And when I can't, I think that my time's up. That's right. And the calf killer—that's an awesome finishing move. That's the kind of like the calf slicer that. Charles Oliveira pulled out in UFC. When did you discover that move and start making it part of your arsenal? Well, you know, uh, I, I collegiate wrestled in high school, and they, you know, there's moves that are very similar to jiu-jitsu, but used in very different ways. Um, but my brothers took to Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and I took a little bit of myself and and messed around. They, they showed me this little move called uh, the. It was like you said, a calf killer, and then they actually call it the calf cutter. And it was, it's a screw-shaping pain. If you've ever been in one before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and I've, I've always wanted a submission. It's just trying to find the right one. And this one, I've, no one ever seen before, and it worked out perfect for me. I mean, it's, I mean, if you've ever been in it before, it's legit. Are you an MMA fan at all? 
Sure am. I think uh, any man out there has got to be an MMA fan. If, I believe if MMA would have been as popular as it was when I came out of high school and college, that would have definitely been the route that I would have went. And UFC President Dana White has mentioned in the past that he thinks boxing and the UFC can coexist without really hurting each other, even though they're technically competing for the same pay-per-view dollars. Do you think pro wrestling and MMA can as well, or do you think MMA has actually hurt pro wrestling over the years? No, I mean, I think that they all can coexist. They're all totally different, if you think about it. I mean, uh, pro wrestling is entertainment, and, and I mean, they're all forms of entertainment, but um, they're all different. I mean... MMA, I think, is is great because you know, I because I enjoy it, but I also enjoy boxing because it's something different. It's you know, um, they're all the same, but they're all different. I know I'm confusing you here, but um, you know, with boxing, you know, the way that HBO builds up their fights is unbelievable. Um, I think they do a better job than anybody right now. Um, UFC, sometimes I can't. I, I don't know who's champion anymore. You know, there's so many fights happening. Uh, you know, at least in boxing, there's a couple months in between these matches with UFC. It seems like there's there's always a fight going on, so I lose track of who's the the champ. But, you know, and then it, with pro wrestling, you're getting it on. You can get it on. You know, Monday, Thursday, and Friday. I mean, and probably more than that. So I think there's benefits to everybody in the fact that you know, pay per view dollars. Yes, um, I think the the thing that's damaging pro wrestling, MMA boxing is people getting it for free that's the most i think that's the people that we're fighting against the most is is trying to find ways of keeping people from getting it for free is there somebody left on your list who would be a dream opponent for you wow um hmm that's uh that's a hard one um i mean obviously there's people in the other company that i'd love to wrestle i think that we'd have great matches but there's a guy i've always wanted to have a one-on-one match with one-on-one match with I don't know if I'll ever get that opportunity before he retires, but Greg Mysterio would be one of those guys that I, I think that I could tear that I could tear that ass with. Um, it, I think it'd be a very entertaining match, but will that happen? Who knows? Is there anybody from the past that's no longer with us or now retired that you would have loved to wrestle? Uh, Eddie Guerrero was one of those guys. I'd like to be to get in the ring with him and learn from him. I mean, I thought that uh, that we had a very similar style, so it had been uh, it been fun. Hard to believe that interview is nearly four years ago with AJ Styles. How ironic. It was coming off of his final TNA world title win. He later went on to New Japan, had a Hall of Fame run for two years in New Japan, ended up in WWE, and quite frankly and surprisingly to me, he is having one heck of a Hall of Fame run under Vince McMahon's promotion. Dreams really do come true. And keep in mind, this dude is 40 years old Still doing his thing. Just incredible. And speaking of incredible, not only have we interviewed some of the greatest superstars of all time, such as AJ Styles, but we've interviewed some of the weirdest and wackiest. Let's take a look at some of our wildest moments involving pro wrestlers in TSC history. Fred Ricciani here for the SportsCourier.com with Legend. Fredahua? Fred Ricciani. Bless you. Zoom tight. <laughs> Wipe your beak. Uh, that's not a nose, that's a beak. No. He's talking, not me. <laughs> now I'm talking. All right, listen. All right. Good. Pro- Proceed with the interview. All right, I'm here with the Headbangers, Mosh and Thrasher, the legendary pro wrestling tag team, former WWE tag team champions. Current tag team champions of the universe. Current tag team. The most tremendous 
tag team in wrestling today. There's another question I have for you. When you're talking, why do you stand there and go like this the whole time? I, I got something in my hands. And, yeah, yeah, there we go. Oh, oh, there we go. Yeah. That's better. Oh. Ah, zoom oh. tight. Yeah. He has allergies. Yeah. It's a Jersey pollen. We don't have Jersey pollen in Florida. We have Florida pollen in Florida. TheSportsCourier.com with my knight in shining armor, I guess blue armor to blue meanie, who ran off the headbangers and saved me from what was all but the demise of myself. Blue Meanie, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm good I could be of service against those rascally, skirt-wearing rascals, you know, the headbangers. Uh, me and those guys go back a ways. I, can, I know uh, they uh, are mischievous, so. But I'm just as mischievous, too. But don't worry, my friend. You're safe with me. How can I get on the list? <laughs> That's a joke, right? A serious mean, question. We talked about your hair. I'm, Dude, I'm from Cam Jersey. Whoa, camera. Dude, Dude start, start at these shoes and then just move up. Look at the way you're dressed, bro. Do you think I would go anywhere in public with you? Do you I was at DJ's last night. Do you think I would go with you to DJ's dressed like this? Do you understand the I amount don't, of, I don't, I don't make Robbie e money. Do you understand the amount of girls that I get, bro? Do you know how that number would decrease if you were with me? You're a hamster, and you will never be on the list. Does Cookie know you're seeing you're other girls? You're a hamster that asks me questions. Cookie, are you kidding me, bro? I kicked her to the curb a year ago. Is this thing done? It's done. Later, dweeb. Thank you for sparing my life and not hitting me with the Dominator. Well, not yet. Well, hey, hey, this is not over yet. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. I'm thinking about your neck looks good, you yeah. know? Let's yeah. see how that'll feel around my hand. Yeah, what do you think, huh? Can you talk now? I, I can talk uh, Can you say damn? Damn. Can you say it louder? Uh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Selling these awesome mustaches. I mean, this is... The, brother, this is great. The beast is always on the loose. I, I, I challenge most young men to try to keep up with the, the schedule that I keep. I enjoy it. And see, yes, I do combination. I call this the tough man kit. Slap on a mustache. You'd be surprised... When the ladies ask you a question, if you simply just do one of these numbers or one of these numbers, how much more seriously they take you to process? I mean, already in this, in this interview, I'm taking you just that much more seriously in, in this interview right now. It's the beauty of the beast. Just wondering, how do you get that epic beard? How long did it take you to grow that thing? Mini secret. secret. No, but seriously, uh, just a uh, little love and care. You know, you got to keep it trim. You got to... You know, got to pray to it. You got to gotta do everything. You got to nurture it. You got to condition it, you know. You got to take care. You got to do the do. You got to take care of the do. What he said, take care to do. Fred Rachani for TSC News here at PWS's All Fired Up. I'm fired up because I'm standing alongside Habib from the car wash. He is the suicidal six-way champion. He's got, he's got the gold. If you can't see it, that's... that's that's look look at look at look how shiny that's that's just awesome man. and Habib you are going up against five other competitors including the former Mason Ryan. What are your thoughts on this epic challenge? So what's it like being the suicidal six way champion? Are you suicidal or homicidal like Sabu? There are okay. Well there are rumors. At least my, my webmaster on the other side told me there are rumors that you actually purchased Walter White's car wash. Once Walter White, well, whatever the hell happened to Walter White in Breaking Bad, we won't give any spoilers. Is that true?
I'm good. I'm good. Joined by professional wrestling legend, the Iron Sheik. Sheiky, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, and especially last night, my agents, uh, new generation, Megan boys, check me to the uh, current Broadway, and for them, uh, my uh, roast, that was excellent. I'm talking, man. Oh, I'm talking, and you're talking, I take my attention, man. So, next many on num number one, Nikola Volkov, and uh, myself become the uh, champion. That was my best memory. And then also, number two, I lost my belt to the Hulk Hogan. And, and, and uh, I was very upset about it. Hey, man, I can't do business like that. I'm talking, you're talking over that. I can't do that. So just don't send the people here if you don't want to talk to them. So what do you ask me, sir? You are certainly missing out. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. God bless you. And I hope you can smart with your Twitter to the, my two Chevroni agents. Make smart him. Tell him do the job good for your champion, or otherwise I have to fire both of them. Fred Ricciani here for the SportsCourier.com, a former WCW and TNA Impact Wrestling superstar, Disco Inferno, Gwen Gilberti. Disco, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Now, while you weren't victorious earlier tonight against Cole Cabana, no, 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 but it, they, they, it, he pulled the tights. Okay, it, he cheated repeatedly. It's all on camera. They filmed it. So the decision probably will be reversed eventually, I'm pretty sure. People are wondering, are we ever going to get a Boogie Nights reunion with Alex Wright? Not unless he wants to fly over from Germany. Would you want to fly to Germany? Fly to Germany? What, on my own dime? I mean, if Alex Wright flies me over there, I'll sure fly, fly to Germany. You know that Alex Wright has a wrestling school where they have like 250 students. Alex Wright has convinced 250 people that he knows about wrestling and is teaching people how to wrestle. Can you believe that? The audacity, when I was the one that taught Alex Wright how to wrestle, I mean, don't you think maybe he should be kicking me back some money? He hasn't invited you to do a seminar or anything? No, because they'll expose him. I mean, they'll like see me and you know, they'll, they'll say like, you know, obviously you're the one that was like the brains of the operation for sure. Congratulations, Abby. Great, and can we, can we see the guns if that's all right? Yes, sir. Gotta see it, baby. Get in on that. Wow. Come and get some. Wow. I'm bringing it, baby. Wow. And, yeah. and before we... 22, baby. <laughs> Come and get some of them 22s. Come on now. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Yeah. That's right, Fred. Now, once for Fred, <laughs> Fred's got the whole world in his hand. Fred has the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole wide world. In his hands. <laughs> oh, follow. <laughs> follow the butter. <laughs> Man, that was pretty wacky. And before we go, just to give you guys another little taste of what you can expect from TSC News right here on MNN as well as TSC News on YouTube. We're going to play a clip from our interview with Austin Aries, the former TNA Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion, a guy who looks primed to capture the Cruiserweight Championship at WrestleMania 33. And you've had an incredible couple years with TNA. Now, a lot of people may not know this. You almost left the wrestling business, I believe, in 2011? 
I'm not mistaken? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, uh, just transitioning, thinking of other things to do with my life. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, say sometimes if you're in something too close for too long, you have to take a step back to get a bigger, uh, a better perspective of it. So I just felt at that time that maybe taking a step back from wrestling and just focusing elsewhere was, was good for me uh, on a personal level. Um, you know, but but fate intervened and uh, Tina gave me a call and, and said, come on down for this uh X Division showcase we're doing. We're having a, you know, a, um, basically a tournament sort to, to see who's going to get a contract. And, uh, you know, I figured it was an opportunity I should definitely, uh, you know, take advantage of, and, and I did. Have you had a chance to kind of sit back and reflect on these last couple years with TNA? Because here you are, a guy that, you know, one of the best wrestlers in the world for quite some time now. You almost stepped away from the business for good, came back. Not only had a great X Division run, but won the world title when I think a lot of people didn't ex- expect you to get a run. Knocked it out of the park. I mean, have you really had a chance to sit back and say, wow, you know, these last couple of years have been awesome? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I live uh, I live a mile uh, from Clearwater Beach, so I get down there and I get to sit back and reflect a lot and just think about stuff. Uh, my brain's always my brain's always motoring, so my, I'm always thinking, and, and I've definitely reflected on uh, how grateful I am and what an opportunity that, you know, came in front of me at the right time in my life uh, for, for me to take advantage of it. And I'm very thankful for that. And, uh, you know, that being said, uh, I'm not satisfied and I, and, I, and I have more things I want to accomplish within the wrestling world, outside of the wrestling world. Uh, but, but absolutely, it's, it's always important for me. I'm, I'm a very passionate guy and, and uh, my, my emotions, uh, you know, sometimes uh, can get the best of me. So it's important for me to step back and reflect and, and be thankful for everything that's in front of me right now. Now, you mentioned outside of the ring. I know you're a long way from retiring, but is, oh, yeah. is there another field you're looking into, perhaps acting or some type of entrepreneurship outside of the ring? I mean, I think, I think if you ask all, all those professional wrestlers, we all consider ourselves actors. You know, we're all entertainers. So, I mean, if we can, if we can find ways to do that outside of the ring, I think we're all open to that. Uh, so that's something I'm, I'm, I'm always uh, interested in pursuing. Um, I've been with a, a sing with the band down here for uh, about eight months now. We're kind of getting to that stage where we've got enough material to kind of really refine it and maybe start playing out some shows, maybe get maybe get something up for general consumption. That's uh, that, that's something that I'm, that's you know really uh, driving me too as far as creatively and a good outlet for me and, and, my, and, and my emotions and my thoughts and my feelings. Uh, and then, you know, my lifestyle, uh, you know, being a plant-based diet, uh, following a, a vegan lifestyle, um, you know, something that I'm kind of interested in getting in that, in that fitness world and showing people that, you know, you can uh, not consume animal products and still be healthy and fit and have muscles. Is, would you say is that the biggest misconception of being a vegan? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think they think it's all, you know, some guy in some skinny jeans, you know, picking out a salad or something. Uh, you know, uh, but but it's 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 not the case. There's uh, when you really start doing digging on on what we have put in front of us as far as our our, our diet and what we think our diet's supposed to be, and, and you find out where that was basically taught to us by the people who have been teaching us and telling us that we need you mean you know calcium, so we have to drink cow's milk, and we need meat, and you need red meat, and gym. when you start digging it up and you start to realize uh, the the truths behind it. Um, it's not a hard decision for me to make to uh, abstain from those things. Uh, and, and, and even if it's not abstaining, um, severely cutting back our intake would, would do wonders for our health, uh, for the health of the environment, 
um, you know, and so many other things. So, uh, yeah, the conception is, is, is that, you know, you, you can't have muscles if you don't eat meat. Well, it's just not true. There's, there's protein in lots of food sources. And at the end of the day, it's just about eating quality food. And if you feed your body enough quality food and excess of what you burn, then you'll build muscle if you're working out. Is it tough for you to maintain that healthy lifestyle being on the road, especially with your workout regimen? I mean, you are in tremendous shape, but I would imagine it's probably taking you some time to develop a routine going from city to city. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a journey. You know, I, I, I became vegetarian in 2000, so, I mean, I've been learning for over a decade, and, you know, um, you, you never stop. Um, it, it's difficult at times just because there's still a lack of awareness, I think, uh, culturally in this country. So depending on where I am, some places can be a little tricky, but I've just kind of learned to, I'm, I'm always prepared. I know I'm not, I'm the guy outside the box right now. So, you know, when I travel, I have everything I need with me. Uh, you know, always carry some bags, some lentils, pre-cooked lentils, you know, they get, they make really good, uh, you know, veggie protein powders, which is no different. You know, a lot of the guys carry stuff around they're carrying around cans of tuna, packets of tuna and, and whey protein. I'm carrying around lentils and, and plant protein. It's, it's really no different. It's just being prepared. It seems like for as long as I can remember, you've always kind of had that, star quality about you like do you have that confidence every every time you walk out there to, to, to the ring that not everybody has how long did it take you to really <laughs> develop that confidence was it when you started getting over into indies when you said okay if i could get over in front of you know 500 people 5,000 people i could get over in front of 50,000 people or did it just come over time uh, it just it comes over time and, and you've never and, and and part of it's always kind of i mean to be honest you know i mean uh I think everyone like has confidence and self and, and, and has self confidence, you know, and, and issues with self confidence, and it's a balance. And um, I think for me, the, the the biggest step in like really walking up there, being one hundred percent confident in what I do, is just being real and honest with, you know, what I do and don't bring to the table. Um, you know, be honest with my faults, be honest with my strengths. Uh, I, I feel if you're honest with yourself, you kind of take everyone else's bullets away to shoot you with. So when I walk out there, um, I'm comfortable in that situation. I've worked very hard for a long time. I uh, put a lot of work into to get to that point. And I've been in front of all different crowds of all different sizes, of different nationalities, different languages, different concepts of what professional wrestling is. Um, <clears throat> and I've learned how what I've had to do to get over and entertain those people. And that's, uh, that's an experience, and I think that's something that's really undervalued in this profession. People think that they can train people inside a bubble or cookie-cutter them out and that they're going to go out there and know how to connect with people. And that's not something that you can learn in that environment necessarily unless you're one of those special people who has it innately. A lot of these guys who have gone on to really be successful have done it the same way. We've gone up and down the roads and have had to do it and fail in front of you know different people different times to learn what to do to be successful. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I think that my second time around coming back to TNA, you know, when I walked in there and it was just a one, you know, one show deal, there was no promises. Um, I was a hundred percent confident in who I was and what I could go out there and accomplish. And, uh, I think, you know, people can connect to that because there's, an, there's something that's authentic about it. Well, there you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed that nice trip down memory lane, our seven plus year history here with TSC news. If you like what you see, please tune in. Every Thursday morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on MNN2 in the Manhattan area. You can also stream live MNN.org. And if you want to watch all our other clips, live recaps, and much, much more, log on to YouTube.com slash The Sports Courier. If you love video games, you can also check out our video game channel, YouTube.com slash TSC Gaming. You want to tweet us at Sports Courier, at Fred Rachani, 
at TSC News on Instagram, Facebook.com slash The Sports Courier. Until next time, everybody, thanks so much for joining me. As always, enjoy the matches.